Kenny, the Sports Guy podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Kenny, the Sports Guy's podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Sabero, and today is another episode of Sports Ball Talk. Joining me on the show today is Robert Lyle from Philly Sports Talk podcast. Philly Sports Talk is a podcast that talks about all things Philly sports and outside of Philly as well. Please welcome to the show, Philly Sports Talk. Thank you for being on the show today. I mean, it's a, it's a pleasure is all mine. Um, it, it's something that I've really never expected to really have, you know, be on a different show before. So, um, but it's a pleasure to have me, some, another fellow sports head in the, in the, in the sports community. Um, but that's all I got. I really do appreciate the comment, man. I really do. So I guess my first question is how did Philly sports talk start? Well, I mean, before what it is now, let's go back to about a year, almost a year ago, uh, where I was actually known as Philly's Hot Soap Podcast for about a few, mo- a couple of months till I went through like different name changes to see what stuck, what stuck out the most. Um, plus, I had to do like a re- uh, logo de- redesign, but obviously, uh, John Raider J or P- or he was uh, used to be a part of the Spotlight Sports Network. He's the one who came up with the name, with the name Philly Sports Talk Podcast. Philly sports talk. Um, and he kind of redesigned my, my logo kind of to match it, to figure out, to kind of give my channel its identity. But ever since then, I've been kind of creating con- names stuck with me ever since. Awesome. Awesome. Every great podcast has a great story behind it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk some sports. Let's talk about some Philadelphia Phillies baseball. Obviously the Philadelphia Phillies played in Philadelphia. So this is bank park. The Phillies last season was somewhat expected to win the NL East, but finished with a record of 82-80, and 80, second behind the eventual World Series champs, the Atlanta Braves. My first question to you is, what do you think went wrong for Philadelphia? Well, I mean, from what I saw, um, there's three things I can really make a, make an argument for. Um, the the, uh, the weak teams that were in and uh, like the different divisions like the Baltimore Orioles, the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, just name a few, those three teams right there. We eventually lost a handful of those games against those teams um, before we struggled went on that uh, on a winning streak. Plus, we lost Reese Hoskins at the right at the raw at the probably the worst time to have lose have him going down with a core injury, which. To be honest, what sucked because he was getting hot at the right moment, right behind Bryce Harper, which, and then that's another problem that we're seeing too. Like, and credit to Zach, Zach Wheeler is another guy that actually was been a workhorse this entire year. Um, despite what the record says, we're finally we actually finished above 500 for the first time in what about in about 10 years. Um, we haven't really had. Yeah, it's been a long time, yeah. close to a decade. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a pain. Uh, let's just I'll, it's to say the <laughs> least. But Wheeler. Obviously, one of the great, greatest pickups that we've – or the greatest free agents we signed. Um, he's been a good, great workhorse for us and going into technically year two. Noah's been hot and cold because I, I had my doubts about him going forward. Um, Ranger Suarez, I have a lot of high, expect, high hopes for him going forward to be in that rotation. Kyle Gibson, I know he's going to bounce back. There's a few things we just need to tinker here, here, here or there with this team. I do think where I think Don Browse is going to make his magic, but the problem is with obviously with the lockout going on, which sucks for the, that my Phillies can't do anything at the moment, but we did pick up Corey Knable, which I didn't predict. He was going to be one of my, the free agents. I want my Phillies to sign. Great move. By did, the way. Yeah. And then obviously, and then we also picked up Johan Camargo, 
which I think in my eyes, I think he'd be a great, a, another versatile bench piece because sometimes our bench was a little bit on the older side of things because Matt, if we finally cut our losses with Matt Joyce because he was already getting up there in age. Um, I would still keep uh, Brad Miller back. Good bench piece for us and a great DH too with the universal DH with some temporary, especially for last year. Um, I do think, I think he will make a good DH because at times I was kind of skeptic on his defense Obviously, when obviously when Hoskins was out, but overall, I do think this team should is is looking at some few little tinkering here and there, especially in Don Browski's retooling process. But it's good to see you know this team actually finally you know actually have a winning record despite you know at the end of the year we kind of just choked. And I think another thing you can also make argument too that we actually did kind of choke away that uh, Atlanta series as well. Yeah, yeah, did. Um, I think for me, I think the major problem that they had was bullpen. The bullpen kept on blowing saves left and right every game. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, we started we started making a little bit of improvements to that um, by kind of getting rid of some some pieces. Obviously, Houston now has Hector Neris. All those Phillies fans don't have to deal with that on a consistent basis. But they, they, they overworked him, though. That is true. That is true. And the thing about Hector is I didn't really hate him necessarily. I knew he was a great – he was – a good bullpen piece to help, but I don't think he was not that much of a, clo- he was not that good of a closer, but no, he wasn't. When, we, when we took him out of the closers role, like he was a completely different guy that we've, what we've accustomed to seeing because what Hector has accomplished here in the during his time in Philly is something that we won't forget. I mean, he set he broke like the old time, uh, really Philly's franchise strikeout records by a reliever, mm-hmm. which now we can't really not hate him for, but the thing about with, even doesn't matter what team it is here in the city of Philadelphia, we have high, we have expectations. If you don't meet that, we'll let you know about that. And we, and we let, we shown, we have a voice in the city of Philadelphia. We do tend to, sh- we show our, our, basically our, our, our critical voice. Well, Philly fans have been known to be very vocal, especially with the it Phillies. It is true. Phillies, and despite the Eagles, fact that this, all the that, that we get, it is, that is very true. What are your thoughts on Bryce Harper winning the NL MVP? Honestly, the kind of season that he has put, uh, I'm not surprised that he had won the MVP because because the because he his numbers were a lot better than Soto's and Tatis. Not taking away those are two other great talents too, but I think what Harper has done overall, I mean, has better overall numbers because I mean he has walked a lot than last year. Um, cut down a little bit of his strikeouts a little bit. It's just he's just done. He done everything he could. And the thing about it is, and obviously the Nationals were eliminated from playoff contention. Mm-hmm. Same with the Padres, because thanks to us, because we knocked him out of the wild card. But that's, I feel like that's kind of what, kind of what factored into Harper getting his MVP. Because I mean, we were still in contention at the time. Obviously, like he's like like we said or like you said, we kind of we did fell short of winning the NL East because we haven't won the NL East in a very long time. Long, long time. <laughs> yeah, it is true. All right. So the next question I have is, what would you consider to be the strengths? and weaknesses of the 2021 Philadelphia Phillies? Well, let's see. Well, weaknesses, that can go – well, obviously, center field was – well, because we have a lot of other weaknesses. But for me, I do think it's a center field and bullpen problem. That was one of our biggest weaknesses. Uh, even going from – stemming back to last year as well, because we really didn't have a true center fielder. Um, bullpen-wise, I mean, we had some solid pieces. I mean, we still got to retinker that. Strengths, I mean, it was our lineup – that Joe Girardi puts it puts in every 
every day. But the problem is, it's like our bullpen. You know, we have a decent starting rotation, but we still need because, I mean, we so we have a lot of work. Because like strengths wise, I do think our starting rotation was a little bit of a strength, but it was also kind of a weakness at the same time. Where even with the bullpen too, like there are times when on good nights where our bullpen was just completely elite. And then in the next few days, like, you know, like just, they'll just completely shit the bed, so to speak. But yep, there's been a lot of that. Yeah, it, it is what it is just from what I've been seeing, despite the fact, you know, even with and I've been very critical, even with the Phillies owner a lot. I've been very critical of him not spending a ton of money. And I made videos about that, too. And it's just like I've shown my displeasure because of it. But. Uh, that's just, just it, it, there's a lot to really need to work with with this Phillies team, but I do think we have a lot of potential on the, on this roster. You would think that the Philly, the the Phillies is a big is a large market team that would spend all it that is. money, but we for got, some reason what, it does. It's not the case. Well, and that's the thing too. That's a lot of people were critical because we have the fifth highest fifth highest payroll in baseball, but we don't use it. It's very odd. And it's very odd considering very that they don't odd, do that. It, it, it annoys the little crap out of me. Because, look, the Bryce Harper signing, I was really hyped for that. Because, obviously, we have him for the next 10 years, actually, because he's not already entering, going to be entering year three of his con- contract. There's a lot of people, I think, that are like going to that walk. There's some that I would like to bring, you know, keep back. I mean, Archie Bradley, I thought he was pretty solid before he, that oblique kind of just, like, just derailed him. I think he still has a lot of potential. I mean, Kennedy can go. I'll, be, I'll say this, too. We haven't really had a true closer since Brad Lidge. And that kind of that says something about the Phillies. Yeah, Philly I season. actually agree. You guys don't have a legitimate closer since that yeah, since Lynch. Yeah, since that since that 08 team. You know that like even like when Ryan like Ryan Madison was was great for us in the in the, as a long man. Like we we had an elite bullpen. We haven't seen that since 2008, and we hadn't had you know technically we haven't had a true center fielder since Shane Victorino. Ooh, in my damn, that's a name I have not heard of a long. Yeah, time. I mean, but then again, people won't real people. I think most people uh, people would associate him with Boston in 2013. But for us, I mean, obviously a Rule Five pick. Just he was just he was just, he was just he was nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, we all knew who as with a lot of speed. We call him the Flying Hawaiian for a yep. reason. Howard, I mean, probably one of the better first baseman that we had. Um, some older Philly fans might disagree, but when it comes to catchers. I think the argument is that I think Chooch was the better catcher that we had. And, you know, the other all the older ones that have seen in the 70s and the 80s will say Brett Boone. But if you look at the numbers, I think defensively, Chooch was the better defensive catcher at that time. He's a Hall of Famer, by the way. What, uh, Chooch? Yeah, uh, Carlos Luis. Luis. No, uh, I don't, because I need the ones that are on the list this year is Howard and Rollins when it comes to the Philly. They're on the, but, um, and we also, I remember still having Scott Rowland. I thought he was a solid third baseman for us. But I think all-time, best all-time is probably uh, Michael Schmidt, Mike Schmidt. All-time is one of our better third basemen in our franchise history. I guess the next question I have is, when the lockout eventually ends, hopefully soon, because they're supposed to meet up at Thursday to discuss all yeah, the bargaining, bargaining agreements, <laughs> what, do, what do the Phillies need to improve on? Next season. That's a good question. Uh, there's a very there's a few things I can go with. The, you can go with this. Obviously, address the center field problem, but also address the bullpen at the same time. While trying to hopefully snatch up another starter, because I do think we're going to get rid of Zach Elflin very soon. Because I th- I think obviously we still have Kyle Gibson for this for this upcoming season, and then after that he's going to be a free agent. And that's a, and it's just like 
And at times we do need another backup catcher because obviously our backup at the time was Andrew Knapp, but now he's, he's with the, with the Reds on a minor league deal. Um, for me, you can look at it one of many ways. Uh, for me, I just, will, I'll, for them, I'll still stick with, you know, grab another starting pitcher, maybe a backup first baseman, or at least call up some of your homegrown pro- prospects. For me, I made a video about Derek Hall. I think he should, because I know he's already on his way up very soon. I think he should at least get an opportunity in the big leagues. Matt Beerling, I do think he, I think he's going to be a good, a tr- hopefully, a, a, actually not truly, but I think he's going to be a great center field piece. But the issue that lies is left field. Cause we also, cause we let McCutcheon walk cause we hit after his contract expired. So that's another, a lot of things. But then again, we have a lot of uh, guys that are very flexible. There's like some part of the outfield add again, another starter and maybe a few more bullpen pieces. I think we should be, be back to where we were this past season. I think for me, I think the Phillies just need bullpen hope. Like, they need a backup first baseman just in case Reese Hoskins doesn't get hurt. Uh, they need to replace uh, Andrew McCutcheon as well. Get like a starter pitching as well. I don't forget about shortstop too because we got Bryson Stock coming up too because DD is, I think for me, need to cut our losses with him. Because at, at one point, because I, I looked at what Bryson Stott has done in the Arizona Fall League because, because I do think I have really high hopes for him because I want him to come up here because obviously he's another Vegas boy just like Bryce Harper. And, you know... I don't know, man. It's just like there are times, and then plus, obviously, bringing back our old familiar face and uh, Bobby Dickerson, who's our was our previous infield coach before we fired Juan Castro, former a former player in his own right. Who I'm surprised I actually remember this too. Like he's the one, the la- the only man on the Phillies that, to secure that perfect game for the late Roy Halladay in 2000. I remember that. That was such a good game. Oh, it was just an amazing, but amazing, but just. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, I kind of agree with this. I mean, c- try to address the bullpen a little bit. Try to get a few more pieces. Kind of figure out who goes and who stays. I mean, for me, I think Alvarado is great, but he needs to learn how to fix that command. If he can fix that command problem, I think he's going to be a, a deadly uh, reliever in that bullpen. From the especially when it comes to a left-handed reliever. But other than that, I mean, bullpen, outfield help, uh, probably shortstop. Um, there's a very few little things that we need to work on, but for me, I think primarily it's going to be bullpen. Then start working like other way to piece around, work around the pieces. I think for me also, I mean, what you what you said was absolutely true. I think bullpen help a lot of small pieces, and they also need like a closer too. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe Nebel is the one that's going to close games this season. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm feeling that he's going to be the closer. Yeah. Some, granted, I mean, if you looked at his numbers with, during a short time with the Dodgers, I mean, they were. Pretty, pretty decent, pretty great. For me, I would like to have Blake, Blake tried it, but unfortunately he resigned. But Corey Knievel is probably the second best thing on the mar- at the market at the time. Exactly. Was a, and then again, we had a lot of teams, you know, bargaining for him, but we finally actually snatched probably one of our biggest free agent signings other than Zach Wheeler at the, well, I mean, even though Zach Wheeler is still under contract, but when it comes to like the free agent signings, I mean, Corey Knievel was right up, up there with Zach Wheeler because I just like to see Matt Sands kind of get pissed because it's like, letting Zach Wheeler walk but but like bullpen for me I think it's probably should be like the, the least it should be like the number one um I wouldn't go I wouldn't be surprised if they went you know kind of address the starting rotation a little bit I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too mad about that but for me just go bullpen first and start working your way down all right so the guess I guess the next question I have is give me your predictions on how the Phillies would do in the 2022 season if there's a season if if everybody stays healthy and it gets hot at the right time, I wouldn't be surprised 
Because for me, I always said that this this team was going to be a wild card team before they start winning the division. But I wouldn't be surprised because if Freddie and the thing about the Braves is they sometimes they have a hard time bringing their players, bringing some players back. Because if they do, if they do lose Freddie Freeman, say hypothetically, that's going to hurt them a little bit. Yep, um, that's their heart and enough. soul. And because their pitching staff has been great, um, I think that's what's going to keep them competitive. But I don't. I think that I do think. Going in this year, I think that the mindset is just try to win the division, you know, kind of try to break that 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 uh, playoff drought. Because we're like on many of uh, very few teams with playoff droughts, along with the Mariners, the Pittsburgh Pirates, just to kind of name a few. I think my prediction for the Phillies this year is they're gonna finish third, because I think the Braves are gonna they're gonna win the division again eventually if if Freddie Freeman uh, comes back. I would not sleep on the Mets also because the Mets actually reloaded. But then this again, offseason. knowing how knowing how the Mets are, like once they start getting because, and we saw it last year, like for for they've been in the first place for over a hundred days, and then the injury bug just hits them. Oh yeah, and that's actually that's a the very that's a very good they point. They have a heart, and that's a very and good is, point. And the way that I see it is like, and I love, and I have a huge respect for Jacob Degrom and what he's what he's done in his career. But the issue that I have with Degrom is at times is how long can how long he's going to stay healthy for that rotation because you don't have Syndergaard anymore and Max Scherzer is on the back end of his career mm-hmm. and you got some varying pieces like Mark Hanna and Eduardo Escobar but and their bullpen is kind of iffy so I mean we've seen games where the Mets bullpen just come completely implode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the if you really look at it, the the Mets actually have a closer problem. Because Edwin Diaz is not really a good closer. He's been inconsistent at times. Yeah, he just blows a lot of games. So I think for me, my prediction for the Phillies this season, if there's a season, they're going to finish third. They're going to finish above 500 again. I I think they're going to get, I think they're going to be in the competitive in the wild, in the, in the National League wild card. Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Okay, let's move on from the Phillies to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles shocked the football world by making it to the playoffs. And as of this recording, I had low doubts on them. I was, <laughs> I was, I had very low expectations because the way that I see with this Eagles team is like we're okay. So we're bringing a new new rookie coaching staff. We haven't finally having Jalen Hurts under center for, for his first full season. Um, plus, I mean, we're still we're bringing in Devontae Smith. Um, huge shout out to him breaking into DJX's two that rookie record. Um, that was pretty amazing to see because it's like DJX hands down is probably going to be one of the greatest Eagles of all time. I mean, what he's especially coming on as a second round pick, which that still blows my mind for someone like DJX to be a second round pick. Um, I've originally I had this team going seven and ten just because they're still a rebuilding team, but the fact that they finished nine and eight is like I'm just I'm still shaking yeah, my head. I'm at. shocked. <laughs> But I and I'll admit I was one of many to write off Nick Sirianni as a one and done coach. I was one of many. But then again, and then uh, some real more realistic ones kind of told me said just give him just wait a chance. And then so what the adjustments he's made is like okay I might be wrong, and I have admitted that I have been wrong. And um, here we are right in the wild card with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So my first question is, do you think Jalen Hurts is the answer at QB for the Eagles? I think so. I still have a lot of faith in, the, in him because, because we all know the Carson Wentz didn't really work out. Um, 
And we saw that too with the Colts, who obviously blowing the blowing with against the Jaguars, which even you're seeing Colts fans kind of turn it on him over there as well. Um, I still have a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts because I think he brings a lot more to the table than what Wednesday when he was here. I think if he can, I think right now, I think the I mean, despite there's a lot of things that he, a few things he needs to work on is actually accuracy. I mean, he's got some good arm strength. I mean, he he definitely he can run with the best of them. As for certain, I mean, we've been like the, we've been been running the football on a on a historic pace that we. Yep, that's true. The Eagles, have not, we have not seen the Eagles do in a very long time, um, but I do think Jalen Hurts, in my eyes, is still. I think he's going to be the future of this franchise. Because well said, really it's actually well said. Because we haven't really had a solid QB since Donovan McNabb. I mean. I have I mean, to dis- I have to disagree with you on there because Nick Foles, even though he had that one year, yeah, he, I mean, he, Nick he, he was he was a good he was a good, he was a good uh, quarterback. But then again, we also, if you look at it, we also had to dealt with Chip Kelly, and he pretty much traded almost everybody away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. another thing too, which annoyed the living crap out of me because it's like our best running back was LaShawn Shady McCoy, and the fact that we traded him away it, it, it pissed everybody off. Yeah, I have I mean, no idea what what they were thinking there. Well. We, well, pretty much we gave um, – because obviously we – because at the time, we actually – Chip Kelly had all the power, basically. He was a pretty much a GM. Um, the way I can describe it, he was like the Bill O'Brien before Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, some, in that certain context. But I do think Jalen Hurts, um, I think he's done a pretty good job despite what his numbers – the fact that he's almost threw over 3,000 yards this year is, you know, pretty good. And his and his growth as a quarterback, and you know, I mean, having his buddy Devontae Smith on as the probably number number one guy. You still got Quez Watkins just coming out. It was really come coming into his own. Um, Miles Sanders, as much as I lo- I love the guy from Penn State, I just don't feel like how much longevity can he have because the last couple of the last few years, like he's been having a hard time staying healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like obviously we have Kelsey coming to us last. Hopefully. His last, obviously, really considered retirement, um, which it's going to suck. But then again, he is one of those, uh, along with Brandon Graham, who's been here for over for or, for a decade. Which the and that's the thing too. The loss of Brandon Graham really did hurt us on the defensive end of the football. But we've actually kind of really turned a lot around. Obviously, having so slight slight playing, you know, at an elite level that we've really haven't seen slight do that. At, to, at in a while, um, Steven Nelson, I th- he was okay. Um, he's just, it's just like he was like the most targeted this year because a lot of teams didn't want to challenge Slay because they know they were going to be in a lot in a world of trouble. But I do think this team has really exceeded expectations for just for a retooling team and under Nick Sirianni. So the Eagles defense is ranked 18th in points allowed and has a big challenge ahead of them as they face Tom Brady. Would they succeed? I do. I have. I have. I do think they're going to succeed because if they can run the football efficiently and start kind of balancing everything out, I do think this team can really beat. And the thing about the Buccaneers and any team is beatable, no matter they're good or trash like the Detroit Lions or just like any team is beatable. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is nothing special, you know. Despite they're being banged up, I mean they're they're getting some players back, but. We beat Tom Brady before. I mean, we can certainly beat him again. I mean, we we lost to him in the regular season, but 
this is some this is the playoffs is a different it's a different scenario. Everybody starts zero zero. So I mean this is a whole clean slate for the Philadelphia Eagles to bring to the table. All right, so just give me your predictions on the Bucks and Eagles game. What's your final score? Me, I'm gonna go 28-20 Eagles because it's gonna be a very close game. Because and we've seen Tom Brady kind of struggle against some bad teams like and like Take the Jets, for example. They were he struggled mightily against the Jets. And obviously before the Jets imploded, but it's like any team that can and if we can bring pressure to Tom Brady, I think we, I think that's where we're gonna be had the most success because we obviously still got Josh Sweat coming off the edge. Um he's been very Javon Hargrave's been a very another guy that's been very stood out. Milton Williams, third round pick for Louisiana Tech. He's been he's been stepping up. But yeah, I do think this team, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a beatable team. And we've seen other teams can know how to beat, try to almost beat them. We saw the Jets, you know, kind of made, made Tom Brady str- struggle that we've never seen him struggle before. Um, like I said, any team is beatable. It is, I do think it's gonna be a very close game. I do think the Eagles are gonna come out on top because Tom Brady has seen us, but he's not seen our running game. That's the thing that the Tom Brady is not going to be ready. Hopefully, it's not going to be ready for is our running game, efficient, an efficient running game. So, well, my prediction, I think the Buccaneers squeak by by a field goal, twenty-three to twenty. I think I you can't really bet on Tom Brady, man. Honestly, I think the Eagles are going to make it very, very close. But I think Tom Brady is going to lead another drive. And they win the game by a field goal. I mean, look, even though even the Eagles are a one and done team, I'm not. I can't be too mad about that, especially with all the stuff that they overcome. And the same thing is said too. Like, um, and I even show my own. Even when the Eagles are not playing, I do show another team that I in the fan base that I show show my support is the Raider Nation. And all this after all the stuff that they over have overcome. So at times, like you know, share the same mindset in a certain context where they're coming in as underdogs in, into the playoffs, so so to speak. Well, for me, I think the Raiders going to do well in the playoffs. But if the Eagles beat the Buccaneers, how far do you think they will make it in the postseason? Right now with the current team, I think they're going to be a second-round exit just because I think there's going to be better competition. Um um, I think the ch- the NFC Championship is, is, is I, I think is is the farthest they're going to go. Um, if they do surprise and make and hypothetically if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I will be totally surprised. But, but realistically, it's going to be the second round. Is my on is just being realistic? Is the second round is how far I'm seeing this team go before they start you know getting the right pieces, getting to have that falling into motion. All right, let's move on from the Eagles to the Sixers. Currently, the Sixers are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of 23-16. However, there is one major problem, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons hasn't played in a game for the 76ers this season. Is it time to end this charade and just release Simmons already? I mean, mean, it's self-explanatory. Just get rid of him. Just... See, because if, if I'm the owners and I'm seeing this, I would just know, just void his contract altogether. Just because um, the shenanigans he's pulling, and um, and I said, and I make countless videos on him as well. Like, just like this, this is ridiculous. It, it got to the point where, like, after he said he wanted out of Philly, that was my very last two five video. And it gets to the and it gets crazy because all of us Sixers fans, we call we address him to two five 
you know, kind of just be like that, like a weird Harry Potter villain. So, <laughs> like, he, that's just, that's just how we see it. Like myself, my buddy, my buddy, RB, DJ Eastwood, um, other different, other Sixers content creators. We call them by two, five. That's just like, it gets to the point because, and at I don't think it might. Yeah. And that's the problem that I, at one point I actually did like Simmons coming out of the draft, but when the sky report came out uh, from a draft analyst that I've actually didn't make a video on Jonathan Giveney, I was like, good. and, and this was, this was five years. Well, technically be six years ago. Um, that he's still, he's he, he still going to be, he was still the same player in the college that, that he is now six years later, which is, I, I find that very ironic that, I don't know, man. It's just like someone like Simmons who is basically just wasted his potential. And then you're seeing someone like Tyrese Maxey kind of taking your spot. I mean, it, it really, it, it does set, say a lot to a guy who does not have any work ethic, who is completely lazy. Um, it, it is what it is with him, but I do think that he is a, pretty much a problem, but it, for me, it doesn't really think the doesn't stop the Sixers from winning. Um, obviously we, we're getting, uh, Maxine back from the health and safety protocols, which is a good thing because we, we played well under Ty, with Tyrese Maxi being the point guard, but all in all, I do think Simmons needs to have his contract voided, um, and just be released because I don't think nobody, no other teams want him at this point. In the event that he gets traded, wait, where do you think he ends up? Well, from, from me, I might say. Cause I know he, cause I, cause I know he's always been affiliated on the West coast, but I think he's going to, I have a feeling we can probably ship his ass to probably Sacramento because I think I, I would <laughs> like to have buddy Hill. Um, uh, I know deer, I know Kings don't want to give up Darren Fox, but maybe Marvin Bagley. I mean, he's been pr- a pretty solid player, but he's kind of going through the same thing with Ben's not exactly what Ben Simmons, but kind of, he wants out of Sacramento, so to speak. But I do think, um, but I think more risk, more realistically, I do think. But I, I, and I've been seeing like he wants to go to like the Lakers, which, God forbid, they're probably going to be in cap hell, despite the fact that they're kind of just name chasing at this point. Um, I think realistically, I do think Sacramento or these like these lower market teams on the West Coast, um, I think it could be a decent fit to get something in return because we all know. Uh, Damian Lillard was pretty much on our bucket list, but he was he is not leaving. But, um, which I'm very critical of that because, and I said this to, and I said this too a lot a lot of times with a lot of uh, other NBA fans. Loyalty can get you can get you so far. Like for me, I, I for me, I just want to give up loyalty and try to at least and go to somewhere where I can be on a cont- on a contender, which is kind of what the Sixers are doing at the obviously the fifth seed in the in the Eastern Conference, but. Um, it is, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's really tough to see someone wasting his potential way, just being an in a spoiled entitled little brat and kind of in, in a con in that certain context. Yeah. It's actually pathetic. He's a good player, but he just can't shoot. All he does is layups and stuff. But yeah, but, I mean, and it is what it is though, but you think the Sixers will make the playoffs this season? I do. Th- I, I believe, I do think they're going to go in and uh, make the playoffs. Um, if they keep on those winning streak, I do. I would like because I originally had him as the four seed because I do think there's a lot of potential there here on the, with the Sixers. Um, 
obviously got Embiid. Uh, Tyrese might actually come into his own. I mean, George has the Yang been a friend, spark plug, along with Andre Drummond off the bench. Uh, Shake Milton every now and again. Same with Cork Maz. Um, I've been very critical of him, too. Um, but, it's, I mean, there's a few pieces that, that we need to tweak here and there. Um, I think... I I do I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're not going to go far. Um, because I I've been very critical of Doc Rivers because um, it's just like when our assistant coach Dan Burke uh, took over when he was in health and safety protocols, um, the team looked a little bit more polished and more kind of like running a lot of a lot of like pick and roll smoothly than um having like I don't know like to like. Doc Rivers they rely on Tobias way too much, and obviously Tobias is now getting getting uh, put into trade packages with two five. Which let's um, to be honest, I really don't hate Tobias, but I just I think he's at times he he's very inconsistent. But I, I think he's still a good player to have, and I really don't want to trade him. I truly don't. And your finally, the last question is: Do you think the Sixers are going to win the Eastern Conference? Um, unfortunately, no, because I think, I feel like the Bucs are going to take, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to take the Eastern Conference because I think they're a much, what a better built team than we are. Um, I think we can get close to in, in that, but I think Bucks are taking the Eastern Conference because I think, because unlike the Western, because we're not as competitive as the Western Conference is, but I mean, it's still competitive to some extent. Um, I think that's good teams. I think they're going to six. I think they're going to prove a challenge. Is probably the. I mean, we rebeat the Nets and KD's return. I mean, we lost. We fell a little bit short against the, against the, the Heat, despite the fact they didn't have all the stars. So I mean, it, it's like the Heat is going to as as, and as I would I would say I think even the Bulls too. But you haven't like these teams that who were bad the last couple of years, but somewhere just turned the turned the corner this year and actually try to win the, try to beat, go for that Eastern conference. So I, so my answer is probably no. Well, I guess that's, that's all the questions I have today for you. Where can folks find you? Do you have anything to promote? Uh, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram and TikTok at Philly sports 97. Um, and then you also can follow me on, follow me on, uh, check me out on YouTube. Uh, at Philly Sports Talk Podcast. Um, you're probably going to see me a little bit later at 3.15 for my Sports Talk Podcast as well. Kind of go over a few things, and you'll see me live at 6.30 for Villanova and the Xavier Musketeers with my bud- myself and my buddy Coach Dante for on the Spotlight Sports Network. Um, but, yeah, you you find me a lot on there as well. Check out his stuff. It's actually really, really good stuff. Well, I, that's the end of this episode. I want to thank you for being on the show today, man. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. Well, this is the end of this episode. A big thank you for Philly Sports Talk Podcast for joining the show. You can find a video version of this episode on Candy the Sports Guys Podcast YouTube channel. Link will be in the description. In addition, you can find a podcast version of this episode on KenTheSportsGuy.com. Ken with two N's. Link in the description below. Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports and on Instagram at Kenny the Sports Guy and TikTok Kenny Sports Podcast. Until the next episode, see ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy.
the Sports Guy Podcast.